Hello. I'm Emma. I'm Shannon. And welcome to This Podcast Doesn't Exist. Beep, 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 boop, boop. Ding. I do love, I do love our little intro. You guys, we, how long have we been doing this? This is episode 122 and we still, we don't have anything solid as our like intro other than us, our names, but we're keeping it fresh. We're keeping it light. Get funky fresh up in here. <laughs> funky fresh. Well, funky fresh. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah, just, yeah, yeah. we're, we're two best friends two who best love friends. <laughs> being funky and fresh together, hey. uh, talking about mysterious things, conspiracies, unsolved crimes, historical questions, et cetera, Ooh, et cetera. I like historical questions. That's a yeah. great, that, that's definitely a Shannon category. Yeah. Yeah, it is historical questions. Although sometimes you surprise me, and it's like a little treat. It's like yeah. a special little treat. You're you're welcome. But yeah, you can learn more about us by visiting our website, which is this podcast doesn't exist dot com dot com. I always forget my own. That's okay. Line. We don't have a script. Funky fresh. It's funky fresh and off the dome. Um, <laughs> why am I a radio DJ today? I don't know. Wiki wiki. Going down with the traffic on 495. It's bad. Uh, moving right along over here. It's bad. The traffic <laughs> is bad everywhere. Um, but anyway, on our website, you can find our episodes, transcripts, social media links, all of it, places to listen to us. Yeah, all the things. All the you can things. write into us. Give us a heart fart. And if you don't know what that is, we're so sorry. I'm sorry you don't. Uh, understand the lore you're a fake fan (laughs) we're fake friends fans of each other (laughs) fake friends fake friends anyway to prove you're not a fake fan uh download rate review subscribe right into the share us with your friends do all the stuff we want to haunt people i want to haunt people so badly she said haunt you guys like i heard we want hot people i mean you need one. Only hot people listen to our show. That's for and that's fucking science. sure. That is um, science. I haven't published a paper about it, but we're get, we're working it's on it. It's science. It's science. You know it's true. Look in the mirror. Yeah, unless you're driving. Maybe well, don't. Ma- rear view. Look in your rear view. Real catch quick. a glimpse of yourself. Be like, look at that. Yeah, but don't look at that like, hot bitch. Admire yourself. Well, unless you're at a stoplight. There you go. Okay, get to a stoplight. Safety you first. There? You there? Look in the mirror. <gasps> Who's that hot bitch? Oh, you know how you'll Is be it? hotter? You know how you can make yourself hotter? How? Drinking water? Drinking water. <laughs> Jenna, pick up a water bottle and look, look at the mini- look, look at the mirror. mirror. Oh my god, look at how sexy you are. It's almost summertime, y'all. Wear your SPF. That makes you hotter too. Yeah. Because you may think a tan is hot, but you know it's not hot. Skin cancer. Anyway. <laughs> you don't wanna you don't wanna be red skull like my father. No. And again, you don't know what that reference is, you don't know the lore. <laughs> Have I told it on this? On probably. The, on at least twice, I think. Well, probably. I mean, how... You don't how know the lore stories? is the new shirt. Put it on you the t-shirt. You don't know the lore, but I have to wear it because I don't remember you anything don't know the I lore. say. Um, this podcast doesn't exist. Okay. Well, you don't know the lore, but I don't know what we're here to talk about today, Emma. Oh, well, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> it's not... Is it the bunny man again? Nope. It <laughs> is bunny not. bunny man returns. Can you imagine? Hop, hop, hop. I'm gonna hate that. You started it. I did. I did as a bit, and then I regretted it. For the bit. For the bit. Well, no, today is not going to be us talking about the bunny man because thankfully I did not uh, do that research. Good. You did great. Thank you so much. 
We did um, it. Done. Instead, we are going to talk about another forested potential cryptid? Oh. Question mark? Talking? <gasps> hey, bud. <laughs> not not Chief Archaeologist. Not, oh, so sorry. No, not Chief Archaeologist. Who I follow Tom King. <laughs> I, I follow him, too. He's probably like, who are these people? Who are these people? I've never met them before. We add him as a project collaborator on the LinkedIn project I put on my profile. He'd be like, what the heck? Honestly, if we sent him the episode and we're like... I think it would be fun. Hey, just so you know, two years ago... Big fans. Big fans. Sorry if we misinterpreted any of your research. Sorry. You're doing great work, though, bud. Thank you so much. Thanks. Anyway, we are not talking about the Crypt King. We are not talking about Chief Archaeologist Tom King. Two different people. Two different people. We are talking about melon heads. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I have no idea what that is. So. Feels very summery, though. I mean, melon. Like what kind? Like cantaloupe, honeydew, I mean, winter melon? I think, you know, based upon the size, you know, they could determine oh, yeah. you know, how good it is. Yeah. So, tiny cannibals with huge heads Ew. hiding in the forests. No, thank you. Stuff of fiction? Hopefully. Or your nightmares? No, um, night. <laughs> Turns out with my scary voice, I scare you. <laughs> but with your scary voice, you just make me giggle. Yeah, look, I haven't cried on the pod in a while. You haven't. And I don't think that this is going to make you. However, if you do, I am so sorry. Everybody Check take one. a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Slash mark off your bingo card. Bingo card. You can find that on the website. Have fun. So, usually... When high school kids go to neck in cars, finding the most secluded spot off the side of the road is the easiest. Trees provide further cover in the darkness as relationships blossom. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Wait, interjection. Did you ever actually do that? Nope. Never. Never once. In my life. Never once. One time, Brian Cook and I were sitting in the parking lot at our school, like the back parking lot, and we were talking about things. And a cop pulled up and like turned on the light. Like, you know, the light outside their window, like the really bright one. Oh, and then God. like waited, like pulled up like T-bone to us. And we were like, excuse you. Hello. I'm like sitting with my back against the dashboard in the passenger seat. Oh. And he like waited. And we were like, I turned to Brian and I'm like, he definitely thinks we're naked right now. <laughs> Keep in mind, Brian is my gay yeah. best friend. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> He played I'm, my I'm husband assuming, in Titanic. Say, I'm assuming this was after like a theater like no it was just one of those nights where it was like it's winter we can't um, sit around outside and everything in carlisle pennsylvania closes at 9 p.m except for walmart we we just want to hang out you're not having like an emotional heart to heart in the middle of walmart yeah you know so i turned him and i was like he definitely thinks we're naked right now and he like came and we rolled down the window again i'm like sitting backwards and we're just like hello and he's like what are you kids up to we're like we're just sitting here talking and he's like Oh, well, technically, you're not supposed to be here after dark, like, because it's school, yeah. whatever. And we were like, oh, sorry, like, time just got away from it. He's like, man, don't worry about it. You could stay. Oh. And then we- he left and we were like, we're going to leave. <laughs> that yeah, was weird. That was weird. So we just went and, like, parked on the street in town. But but yeah, I I never, I didn't have a reason to. I didn't have a boyfriend, too. <laughs> I mean, I had one, but uh, it's... <sighs> 
No. No. We just never. There was I mean, no... I guess there was lots of opportunity, <laughs> like back roads. I guess. In Pennsylvania, but. I will say the one time. I think I would be too paranoid and like freaked out. Oh, yeah. Out. No, there was no, there's no way. I'm like, like, I'd, I'd rather have my mom come up and like knock on the window and be like, okay, that's enough than yeah. like some random stranger in a park. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, There was one time that we did get the cops called on yeah. us, but it was because. In in Williamsburg, at William & Mary, there's an amphitheater, which is all outdoors. And right behind it is a lake. And so, like, the, the actual echo in that space, like, the projection in that space is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and the boyfriend I had at the time and his two friends, like, they, they were dating each other. We just decided we're going to go hang out because, again, like you said, right. there's everything closes around 930 unless you're 21 and want to go to a bar, which we were not. Right. And so we parked over to where, like, the amphitheater parking was because it's technically open because it's, you know, just mm-hmm. the school grounds. And we all, went, like, went up onto the stage and my boyfriend screamed. <laughs> the girlfriend screamed. Her boyfriend screamed, and I was like, I guess I'm, I'm joining in. And someone from the college called because people were screaming. Good and job, they person. thought that they, like, someone had gotten hurt because they're like, there's water, like, all this. Good and, job, random citizen. Yeah, and so the police came. At this point, you guys, I didn't have my driver's license because I didn't drive. So I didn't have a form of ID except for my Library of Congress library, library card, <laughs> which had my photo. It has your photo on it. <laughs> Wait, wait, everyone say it with me. <laughs> nerd. Nerd. Absolute nerd. Because I left like my dad, like the military ID, like somewhere. I don't know. I just, that was the only form of ID I had on me. And when I handed it to the police officer, she was like, okay. Like, I don't know. How old are you? Like, she was asking me all these questions. And I was like, eh. and of course, I'm freaking out because I'm like, I've never, like, I've I'm never talked trouble. to a police officer before. And so they were like, just leave like they were like just you're not in trouble but like just don't leave stop it yeah so that's like the only time anything close to that Brush ever happened and it was never anything like naked in a car scandaloso Ooh, good word however if you did decide to do this all oh, right if you were cool if i you guess were cool. <laughs> if you decided to be cool in high school you would go you'd find a nice secluded spot You'd sit in the car, and you'd have fun. And what is supposed to be adult board times? Games. There you go. You'd play board games. In 1995, an 18-year-old high school student and his girlfriend were doing just that on Chardon Windsor Road in Kirtland, Ohio. They had pulled over for some fun in her car, and eventually, the boyfriend had to get out and relieve himself at the edge of the forest. Suddenly, zipper undone, he heard the car start up behind him and the gears crank as it backed up and the headlights flashed on. He assumed his girlfriend was playing a prank on him, flooding him in light and moving the car so anyone who drove past him could see him peeing publicly. She even leaned on the horn, he assumed to bring further attention to his vulnerability. But once he zipped up, he realized she wasn't pranking him at all. When he turned toward the car, he could see her behind the wheel crying, screaming at him through the rolled-up windows. She pointed out towards the woods he was standing at, and he followed her finger, seeing three or four shadows moving just beyond the leaves. But one figure was already on the edge of the road, moving towards him through the tall grass. Fast. Mm. It was three feet tall, but its head was enormous. 
huge and bulbous and obviously causing an issue with its equilibrium as it lurched towards him. I don't like this Pokemon. No. Approaching through I the do not want to catch this one. 20 feet spanned between him and the car, but he knew that the thing was going to cut him off before he could make it to the car door. He tried to run anyway, but once the thing left the beam of the headlights, he knew he was toast. He could hear it wheezing as he froze up in fear, waiting for his demise. Luckily, his girlfriend was smart, and threw the car in reverse, pulling it around closer to him, bringing up dust from the shoulder and kicking on her high beams. The intense light hit the creature that had been chasing the boyfriend, and it pulled back, recoiling from the direct light. Without wasting time, the boyfriend ran towards the car and jumped into the passenger seat. His girlfriend floored it and sped back to town, but not before he got a glimpse of two eyes glowing in the high beams of the car. No, thank you. No. But also, if it's not very good at walking, and it has really bad balance. But it's moving so fast. Okay, but I feel like it's got a big head. You could still like, try to, like, punt it in the head. Maybe. But I mean, like, I, I don't know. Also, if it were... Okay, if you and I are ever in a situation where there's some creepiness happening, don't waste time to point at the thing. Oh, no. Just look at me and be like, Shannon, get in the car. Come on, get in the car right it's now. It's like, you know right how, like some, t- like, some people are very much, like, not bug people? Like, if you see a spider on someone's shoulder, you're yeah. not going to tell them, hey, there's a spider on your shoulder. You're going to be like, hey, look at me. <laughs> like, and you smack it off their shoulder or something. Like, you're not going to, th- like, yeah. there's an element of that where you want to make sure that you're not getting them to react to something that you're not even sure of yet. Well, and there, there's also, like, that horror movie thing of, like, it's going to keep slowly creeping up on me. And I'm just going to keep backing I, up. As I don't know, right? Like, yeah. if I don't know about it, then it's not going to move quickly but once i'm like <gasps> it's gonna be like yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i n- no like i will T-Rex. never i will never do that to you i will never in any case be like do you see that creepy thing that's coming up behind you absolutely not you better not i will never i will be i will i will look directly look you directly in the eyes and be like hi come towards me <laughs> i'll be like look at me oh god all right look at me. here we go I'll be like, do you want to start recording, you know, for the podcast, <laughs> just in case, if I don't make it out of here? <laughs> it no, I'll be, I'll be recording so that I can show you later why I made you Oh, move. God, no, I don't want to know. <laughs> anyway. I, 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 I and this is why that. we don't go outside. No, uh, we are indoor cats. Yeah. Although I love a bubble backpack, so... <laughs> So this story is one of many that the residents of Kirtland, Ohio, have posted to websites across the internet in an attempt to spread the word about the dangers of the forest and the melon heads that haunt them. Y'all could have picked a scarier name. Yeah. So melon heads look exactly how they sound. Uh Carting around enormous, bulbous, dented heads on small bodies. David? Exactly! That was my thought, too! I truly- I just blew out the- sorry, guys, that was so loud. (laughs) But yes. It wasn't you, it was David. It was David. David. Ew, David. We hate Macy's. Ew, David hates Macy's. Disclaimer, we do not, we do not hate Macy's. We don't Macy's. have strong feelings We have about no Macy's. strong feelings about Macy's. Uh, David hates Macy's. Yeah. So these creatures are naked, humanoid, mm. and are mostly described as child size and everything except the enormous heads. Oh. They are pale, skinny, with yellow teeth and pink eyes. They're nocturnal, or at the very least, they haven't been seen in the daylight and seem to be adverse to extreme light altogether. Mm -hmm. 
They have a penchant for attacking people in the forest, ambush style. They work as a team to bring people down and then eat them. If you are caught by them, it's likely you're done for, but you won't hear them coming for you, as they probably communicate telepathically. They are unbelievably strong, but can be deterred with floodlights or LEDs. Side note, I don't know why, but I think if you're a site that focuses on cryptids, you either have to have like a dark orange or a black background with white text because my eyes hurt from doing this research. <laughs> it was so much like none of them were like, like neon green font. It's all like and I don't know if it's just purely to make it look creepy yeah, or if it's I guess it's an aesthetic thing because it's none of them were like from the 90s or like even early 2000s. All of them were from the like 20, 2010s and 2020s. Like Guys, nope, I can't read that. My eyes hurt so bad. I like transferred over stuff just Your so I could read it. accessibility score? It's low. Thumbs down. Real low. But what is a melon head? Mm. According to the local lore of Kirtland, Ohio, there was an institution run by a Dr. Crow during the 1950s in the area that housed orphans in need of medical assistance. Uh-oh. It turned out, however, that the doctor was using these children as guinea pigs for his own weird and nefarious experiments. He hoped to create a new race of humans using radiation and a cocktail of chemicals. Nope, I know. The Captain America is going on here. Truly. He would inject chemicals and water into their brains, causing their craniums to grow to enormous proportions. Mm. They were mentally and physically abused, all while their bodies and minds became weaker with the constant experimentation. Eventually, they started to act less like humans and more like animals just trying to survive. The legend says that on this instinct of survival, the children finally snapped and banded together to attack and kill Dr. Crow in his lab. They bludgeoned him, tore him apart, and ate him. In the attack, they started a fire in the orphanage, and the building burned as the children ran to the surrounding woods. Every year since then, dozens of reports come in of melonhead sightings and alleged attacks, slaughtered animals left to rot out on the trails, and everyone fearing the woods around the Chagrin River because of it. The melonheads are said to use stones to attack their victims, rip them apart, and share them among their clan when they get the chance to feast on human flesh. He had it come. Bum bum. He had it come. <laughs> there is also a rumor that these creatures were actually the result of government testing using a wide range of experiments. Mm. A secret location in the middle of the Ohio woods was a perfect spot for something like this. Yeah, nothing happens nothing. in Ohio. Absolutely nothing happens in Ohio. Except for Glee. Oh my god. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, they live in Ohio. I did not even Lima. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Somehow that's like the biggest revelation of the week. <laughs> Ohio? Ohio. Grant, why? <laughs> Grant's from Ohio. Oh. Anyway. Okay. Glee's from Ohio. Wow. These, Sorry to throw you, I, off you your really threw me off my groove, man. <laughs> these creatures developed and became docile subjects for these experiments, but once in a while, one or two would get restless for contact with the outside world. Using the cover of night, they would run to the edge of the woods to see the town just beyond, but get scared once they heard humans nearby. Sightings of them from locals would be limited to creatures running away, back to their government-sanctioned hideaway. Yeah. Apparently, 
Ohio is not the only state in the Union to claim these creatures as their own. A legend persists that melonheads survive still in the forested areas of southern Ottawa County and around the Felt Mansion in Saugatuck, Michigan. This already haunted and once luxurious home of millionaire and inventor Dor E. Felt became a boys' school, a convent, a prison, and potentially an asylum before being abandoned. Only in the 21st century did the mansion receive any care. You can now get married there. Oh. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I'd choose that. Mm. The legend says that the creatures most likely came from the asylum days of the Felt Mansion, where children with a condition called hydrocephalus were treated and cared for. Hydrocephalus is a medical condition usually happening due to a birth defect where cerebrospinal fluid accumulates in the brain, causing pressure inside the skull. When it happens in babies and children, it can increase the size of the still malleable skull. So, you know, like how kids have, like, the fontanelle, Mm -hmm. like, that spot on their head that's super soft because their brain or their skull hasn't fused together yet. Mm -hmm. This condition will essentially use that as space Mm -hmm. to continue growing the skull out. Those with this condition often have headaches, poor balance, double vision, personality changes, seizures, and general pain, as well as mental impairment. Nowadays, hydrocephalus can be treated with drains and a cerebral shunt to drain the fluid into the rest of the body where it can be absorbed. These have to be replaced as the person grows because they need to be certain lengths and Mm -hmm. they need to make sure that they're not infected, all this fun stuff. In the 19th and 20th centuries, however, these treatments had not yet been developed to a replicable level, leading most with this issue to be kept in asylums and hospitals. Because of their unusual condition, these children were experimented upon just like those in Kirtland, Ohio. Those in the Felt Mansion were experimented upon. Mm -hmm. Sorry. With the abuse and physical pain, the children found themselves plotting and pulling off the murder of the doctor that abused them and fleeing to the surrounding forest and the underground caverns below the mansion, which do exist. Another version has the hospital closing, and with no one wanting to take the children, they were set free into the forest to fend for themselves. That one, for some reason, I'm like, they wouldn't do that, would they? (laughs) Abuse, abuse, is fine it, well, in their eyes, but letting the children loose to be feral, they would never. They would have. never. The only reason melonheads still exist today is because they procreated and kept themselves deep in the forest, except when they were in need of a meal. Even still, Michigan and Ohio are not the only hotspots. Connecticut, home to the lollipop and the first American execution of a witch also claims the melon heads as their own. Go, Connecticut. Yay, Connecticut. <laughs> there, that's where the lollipop was invented. Huh, the more you know. The more you know. There are a few versions of the story set in Connecticut. In Fairfield County, there was, uh, of course, an asylum for the criminally insane. But in the fall of 1960, it mysteriously burned down. The entire staff and most of the patients were killed in the tragedy, but 10 or 20 of the inmates, which is like a huge number difference, but 10 or 20 of the inmates were unaccounted for, rumored to have escaped the woods unscathed. In an effort to survive the harsh winters and not get caught, the group resorted to cannibalism, which caused them to develop hydrocephalus from bacterial infections and meningitis from eating each other, which can happen. A second version of the story is set in the Shelton Trumbull area, north of Bridgeport, Connecticut. 
During the colonial period, a family banished themselves to the woods after they were accused of witchcraft, never to be seen again. Their appearance comes from inbreeding practices among the family, and allegedly they will only prey upon humans when they wander into the Melonhead territory. The majority of the Connecticut retellings, however, almost always feature a secluded, single-lane, rustic dirt road through the woods. These backwood roads are usually a part of the Mellon Heads territory, and in Newtown, New Milford, Shelton, Trumbull, and Monroe, the street is known to locals as Dracula Drive. There is, however, no street named Dracula Drive. The roads that are referred to this have various names or no names at all, but regardless, these roads are rife with sightings and consistently are avoided unless absolutely necessary. Or someone feels like scaring themselves or their friends. The Dracula Drive of Trumbull, actually named Velvet Way, which is like, that's grosser. I don't like mm. that. Has reports of melon heads able to withstand being hit by cars and even pushing cars off the road in an attempt to knock it over and get inside. And at this point, I tried to write a canned meat joke um, and gave up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it is also rumored that if captured by the melon heads, you may be used for purposes other than food. Oh. Yeah. Ugh. Whatever the case may be, the forests of Connecticut are not to be ventured into alone. So we're moving into pop culture. Because the Ohio version of the legend became the inspiration for Legend of the Melon Heads, a movie released in 2010 featuring the creatures and other stories from the, other, from the area. A 2018 horror anthology movie called The Field Guide to Evil told eight stories from across the world, the Melon Heads of Ohio being the USA contribution. Michigan's Melon Heads were also the subject of a film in 2011 titled The Melon Heads. Very creative. <laughs> Very creative. But the Felt Mansion, while not claiming the Melon Heads themselves, do host ghost tours in and around the property today. So if you wanted, you could go search for them yourself. They don't say anything about the Melonhead legend, mm. but the millionaire's wife did die in the house like three days after she moved in, mm. um, and she's seen everywhere in the house. Oh. So if you feel like getting married in in Michigan uh, and you, you want to hang out with a ghost, go to the Felt Mansion. So before we move into theories, I did ask, and I should have asked Grant, I didn't. They're also traveling today, so I don't think that he would have been able to answer me. But I did ask Colby, because mm -hmm. he's from Connecticut, if he knew anything about the melon heads. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Connecticut cryptid, know anything? And he was like, uh, I know nothing about them. I looked them up on Wikipedia. Turns out it's much more of a Southwest Connecticut thing, and I grew up in Northwest. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Your state is so small. <laughs> Your state is the time. It's not like Texas. Like you don't get to say that, though, because you're from Rhode Island. I'm not from anywhere. Well, but like your, your dad's there are, side of the family. And it's tiny. And I would never like, I would never say it's not. It's 40 minutes from no, the center to the I'm, edge. I'm saying you wouldn't be like, oh, Colby, your state's so small. That's true. Like yours is smaller. It's smaller. That's fair. Oh, Colby. But apparently he's looked up the Wikipedia entry. So, uh, oh, and he did send me a uh, Atlas Obscura article about a town near where he grew up called Onion Town, and it's this it, this it's this town that has all of these signs just outside the perimeter that's like keep out, don't like don't come. In. It's this town of 
mostly farmers and like field workers who just don't want to be bothered. Yeah. And so they get angry when people are like rubbernecking in their town to be like, why why can't we look at things? Why can't we come on your pro- get off of my property? Please leave me alone. Like and apparently it was like this well, huge. He was like, I never had the the good thing the, you the courage sell produce to other places. Otherwise, I don't know how you're gonna have an economy in a town. Yeah. So I think honestly, I think it's like a because I think it's been incorporated into one of the counties now mm. because it wasn't like an actual like town. So. Every every mom is like, all right, well we gotta go through Onion Town to make sure we pee before we leave because you know we can't stop. <laughs> we cannot stop. We can't. You, like, hold your breath as you go through, like, you do next to a graveyard so you don't put other people. Yeah. (laughs) So, but, so I didn't get any, like, firsthand stories. On the ground ground research. Didn't get any. Dang it. So, moving into theories. For all three states, the theories around where the legend comes from and why it persists are pretty similar. So, the first theory is that it's true. Hmm. The areas where the melon heads are sighted, while not unfamiliar to locals, are not highly populated. Often, it's backwoods or uninhabited land that isn't on anyone's radar, so the possibility that there is something out there to be feared, or at the very least avoided, is probable. When people do come across melon heads on these back roads, their sightings range from quick glimpses to scary first-hand encounters. But no one has thought to grab their phone and snap a photo, probably due to fear, so there is very little physical evidence for the Melonhead legend. Leading us to the second theory. Not true. You're what? <laughs> False. Urban legends like this are often constructed out of fear and then told over and over to keep kids and teenagers from getting themselves into trouble. Stay away from the forest at night and all that. Mm-hmm. Don't go necking in the woods. In Michigan and Ohio, there is no evidence of asylums ever being on or near the properties where the melon heads are sighted. Mm. The Allegan County Historical Society in particular has pointed out that the Felt Mansion was never an asylum, but was at one point St. Augustine's Seminary for Boys in the 50s. Apparently, public school kids would make fun of the students at St. Augustine's, and one former seminarian explained that the name Melonhead was their mocker's preferred taunt. Quote, the local kids called us that because it was a private school and we were brainy. <laughs> the Catholic priests bought the property in 1949 for the seminary from the Felt family. You can imagine how the Western Michigan Christian Reformed felt about that. End quote. I can't, but I'm assuming they didn't like it. <laughs> Like, mm, I don't really wait. know. That feels like a that feels like an inside joke. Like, well, you know how those those Western Michigan Christian Reformed. Like, it's a very yeah, long those guys. Those guys. But yeah, I'm I'm guessing they didn't like it, and so there was some kind of like you know, oh, well, we're gonna poke fun at them. People don't really or didn't really jive with Catholics, right? Like it was a big yeah. Deal. Well, JFK because it was a Catholic, yeah, because it it was. You know, Puritans versus... Protestant nation. Yeah. Anyway, they didn't like it, so I'm sure that added fuel to the fire. Mm -hmm. After the 1970s, after low enrollment rates, the state of Michigan bought the property and actually used it as a prison, which may be why the legend persists. Bad people from Mm -hmm. where the melon heads may have originated, then turning into that's where the, you know, melon heads are. Oh my gosh, they're these bad things. Mm -hmm. Making them the monster. 
People disappearing in forests alone, their cars and gear left behind, is unfortunately not unusual. These disappearances in Melonhead territory just add to the legend, but more likely than not, people are getting lost on unfamiliar trails and dying due to exposure or falls. So, it's an unfortunate reality of people who, you know, go hiking somewhere that they're not familiar with by themselves. Mm, nope. Don't Wouldn't be me. Don't do that. Couldn't be me. And the last theory is good old hate. <laughs> Hydrocephalus is a very real condition. It's possible that those with this condition, especially during the early 19th and 20th centuries in America, would have been outcasts or seen as less than, and by that warped logic, feared by locals and roped into an urban legend about the woods that would have nothing to do with them otherwise. Mm. And then there is an ethnic group of Appalachian people called Melungans, descended from diverse immigrants and slaves who migrated to the frontier and married primarily within their own community. While their ancestry and identity is highly controversial subject, they most likely are of mixed European, Native American, and Sub-Saharan African backgrounds. These multiracial families found it easier to settle in frontier areas, escaping the racial strictures of the Tidewater South and the laws of the area that subjected them to taxation for their ethnicity during the 18th century. Until the 1900s, this ethnic group was mostly isolated to the Appalachian area. Hmm. Apparently, which I did not know this, you could be taxed as what they referred to as mulatto if you were mm -hmm. half black, half white, or if you essentially were half white and half anything else, mm -hmm. they could tax you for being essentially a freed person, mm -hmm. even though you, you, you were, were never a slave. Yeah. yeah. Which is just... America. Fucked up. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't hear that. <laughs> sorry. So sorry. Because of this, the group was thought of as outcasts and rarely associated with outsiders. While the original meaning of the word Melungan is lost to time, the name could be bastardized into melon, melon head, something in that vein, and mm -hmm. used as a slur for anyone who doesn't look like a local. Overall, the lack of evidence may be the determining factor in whether or not these creatures are real, but I think we can both agree that staying out of the forest and not going necking in cars on backwood roads is a good rule of thumb. And I mean, if you're like us and uh, were what they would call uncool in high school, <laughs> I think you're fine. I don't know what you're talking about. I oh, was that's like fair. Co-queen of the show choir with Sarah. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm. I did not we mean to offend you. Co-monarchs. I did not mean to offend the no, queen. No, see, that's why I'm single, not because <laughs> of any other reason. I'm protecting myself from melonhead attacks. I I agree. I think that that is a good stratagem. I mean, I. To your point about um, people being awful in terms of people living with disability, I think that's very likely, right? That they're. I'm reading a book right now called Disability Pride, and it's talking about kind of like pre pre Americans with Disabilities Act. Mm. That, and in, like we've talked about it before with like JFK's sister. Like if you were different. In any sort of way, whether it was, like, a physical, like, limb difference or mental disability, you just were, like, removed from society and, like, eugenics and all these things. Yeah. So that feels very likely to me that that's kind of what 
It's yeah. Like, we don't know how to fix you, quote unquote. So we're just going to send yeah. you away. And I mean, this condition, hydrocephalus, it, it the way that it can stretch your because essentially your your bones are going to adapt to whatever they need to at mm-hmm. that point in your life if you're if you're born with this as a de- as a birth defect and it's just constant water and uh what is water on the brain but like a cranial fluid yeah. on the on the brain that is making it basically impossible for your body to function mm-hmm. your your brain to function the way it's supposed to because it's being filled with fluid yeah and while it gets filled with fluid the the way that it stretches a person's skull it it does it looks scary honestly like it looks so uncomfortable and yeah. i'm sure it really is but luckily with modern medicine the way that they've been able to treat it with surgery while difficult because i will say i I read through a few, you know, as much as I could glean from a medical article because mm-hmm. I'm not a doctor. But based on the article I was reading, it seems like, you know, child neurosurgery and like baby neurosurgery is extremely difficult mm-hmm. because not only is it small, but it's also undeveloped yet. Right. Like it's it almost underdeveloped. Yeah. It's constantly changing. There's things that are moving around in there. And it's soft. Everything's yeah. soft. <laughs> like, I mean, I know this. I'm a surgeon. Obviously. Grace Memorial Hospital. Yes, so. obviously. <laughs> but like that then creates complications of how long – like is it a stopgap or is it – because right. it's not a cure. This is not something that they can cure because it's going to continuously happen. But it's something that they can right. stint but until it's like how the next lo- thing. Like, can we wait longer exactly. so that once we do it – When's the next time yeah. that we can we can put another one in in order to continue draining the fluid yeah. and all of this? And I mean, quality of life is much better once the stint is in, once mm-hmm. the shunt is in. And, you know, you can live a pretty decent life, normal life, with this disability, with this uh, yeah. water on the brain, without jeopardizing any part of your mental faculties and, mm-hmm. you know – And I'm sure – I mean, I don't have it, obviously, but, like, I'm sure it's very uncomfortable. But I can't imagine the people who had to live – because it's not – it's not extremely rare. Mm -hmm. It's – but it's not, like, extremely prevalent either. It's one of those, like, middling things. But I can't imagine being somebody in this time period not having that ability to have – a surgery that would make your life feel right. livable. Yeah. And then having people be complete and utter assholes because they don't know what to make of you because right. they're somehow scared of you when you're just living your life. Well, and you have no one to advocate for you because, like, you're an orphan either yeah. because your parents gave you up gave you or, away or couldn't provide for or, you. You know, whatever circumstances. Like, yeah. Anyway, thanks, Modern Medicine. Thanks, guys. Um, and, you know, shout out to any social workers out there. Um, yeah, Shelly. Yeah. My yeah. cousin Grace is going to go into social work. Woo! Yeah, She's Grace. like a freshman at Pitt, and she already knows, like, what her plan oh, is. Oh, that like, sounds amazing. That must be nice. That must be so nice. But I never I did. <laughs> but, yeah, so I guess bottom line, let's be nice to people because – Based on my research, melon heads are either uh, weird alien cryptid things or people were just mean. 
To children. To children. Which makes it worse. Yeah. You know, like, don't be mean to grown-ups either. No. But also but the like, fact that it's children. Yeah. Yeah, don't drive into the woods. Yeah, please just, just I make think, out I think somewhere else. La- the last two episodes, or these two episodes, you guys, this episode, last episode, what we have learned. If you want to be cool like us, because yeah. obviously we're like so the coolest, cool. don't go naked in the woods. Go make out in the, at the library. <laughs> Like, find a back corner of the library. <laughs> what is that movie? What is that movie? What is that movie? Um, You got to be more specific. <laughs> it's Julia Stiles. The Prince and Me? Yes! <laughs> she's only, In the library! She's only in the first one, though. There's then, a second? Yes. Oh. <laughs> There's three of them. Oh! <laughs> but in the second one, it's the same actor playing the prince, but a different actress. It's not Julia Stiles. And by the third movie, it's the same actress from the second one and a different actor as the prince. Wow. <laughs> it was a mess. That is a mess. <laughs> anyway. Wow. Um. Okay. Well, uh, second revelation of the week that <laughs> is completely and utterly baffling to me. Uh, what else is Julia Stiles in? Uh, she's in a movie called. She's in that dance movie. She is where she gets into her, uh, Juilliard. Mm-hmm. The it's not Step Up. <laughs> no, it's not, <laughs> it's not Step, step up. up. What is that movie called? Uh, it's gonna bother me. Mm-hmm. You're probably yelling at your, your at your phone phone right now. Is it Save the Last Dance? Yes, yes, it is. Are we sure? I think so. Either that or that's the movie with J Lo. Oh. <laughs> no, that we're going through every dance Let's movie. Take the lead. <laughs> Let's take the lead. Which I loved that okay, movie. Right. Oh man. Save Look the last at dance. This photo. <laughs> it's the most I feel like that's Ooh. He's cheesing real hard. He's adorable. He is adorable. She looks like she's trying to appropriate some culture that does not belong to her. But hey, it was the and, 90s. Um Carrie Washington's in that movie? What? I've never seen that movie. Guys, we're going to have to w- go watch some dance movies All right, now. anyway. I love a good dance apparently movie. Apparently they made Save the Last Dance 2 in 2006. Oh, goodness. Did, did, did that also have Julia Stiles in That would be hilarious if it didn't. She's like, I never do sequels. <laughs> That's why she wasn't in The Prince yeah, and right? Me. Yeah, right? She's like, bye. No, I think it's like a whole new cast. Neo's in it. Wow. <laughs> did you forget about Neo? Now I want to watch Step Up. Yeah, it is really good. It's so good. I love a dance movie, you guys. That's Me like, too. it's one of my Achilles heels. Like, I just, like, dancing men, I can't. We Give know. me a dancing man. We already have. A dancing man. A dancing Preferably man. Preferably in a big group. Yeah. Well, a group of dancing men? Yes. Thank you, please. But, <laughs> I like. I did not get you that for your birthday. No, I'm that's so all right. Sorry. Hey, um, Reggie, could, could I, could I have a group <laughs> of dancing men? Oh my God, it's Reggie. He's get a good it. dancer. No, he but do getting it. like Colby, Adam, Grant, and he organizes like a dance troupe and they're like practicing. I would, I would love that. <laughs> Saturdays are but for you know, the boys. You want, <laughs> and it's them in a studio like five, six. Seven, but you know what I want from that though? Like, what? yes, I want the like dance like to happen and I want to uh-huh. watch it and I want to be happy about it. But what I do want is the montage of them. The training montage. The training montage uh, of them learning it and getting it right. And like odd. at one point, at one point, they're like, I don't, I don't think we should do that. No, I don't. And they like have a fight and then, and then they make the up. the doors go boom. And it's Annika and she's <gasps> like, I'm here to whip you guys into shape. Like, let's go. Do it again. Do you love your wife? Do it again. I love it. Yeah. She Redemption arc. Let's go. 
I'm into that. I would. Oh really... my god, Greg! Greg would have to be a part oh of the god. dance dance group. Obviously, Greg would be perfect for it. And he'd be wearing like no Booty offense, shorts. Gregory. I mean this as a compliment, but he'd be wearing like the slutty version of the costume. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he'd find any offense in that at all. I'm just for some people that word has a negative connotation. I mean it as a compliment. Sometimes you just gotta dress a little slutty, and that's yeah. okay. It's a state of mind. Foxy. Hot girl summer. <laughs> hot girl summer. Foxy lady hot, summer. Hot, hot Greg summer. Every every summer. Every is summer is hot Greg summer. Anyway, oh, so. We have gone off the track. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed it and all of the chaos. And remember. This podcast doesn't exist. Go get your cantaloupes. I like a cantaloupe. Honeydew really, is trash. Honeydew is trash. Honeydew is trash. Cantaloupes are great. A watermelon, I can give a take. Sometimes cantaloupe tastes like dirt, though. I mean, a lot of things taste like dirt. Anyway, I have a hack about pineapple, but I'm going to tell you off. <laughs> great. Okay, bye. Love you, bye. <laughs>